seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore. Here it comes, that glimmer of hope, a light shines through the dark. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit world. It's a hopeless show, with Aaron and Rohit world. Well, hi ho hi ho neighbor. Well. Rohit, yeah. welcome back. We missed you last week. Uh, we had a great episode with Rabbi Stern, but you weren't there, so it's great to have you back. Yeah, it's it's. I know due to racial and ethnic differences, I was not invited to that particular uh, interview. But it's okay. Oh, the used old, to it. We had, an, we had a good old Jew party. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, man. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's great. It's great. I get to I get to hang out with my favorite Jewish guy again this week. Um, Aaron, man, it's 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 coming towards the end of the year, huh? It is. It's coming toward the end of the year. We I'm glad we're back. We have this show is we're covering a lot of ground. With this show, I feel what we have planned is we're going on a lot of uh, journeys. Everything. I mean, we're going to be talking about uh, church versus state, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. We've got Sandoval for you. We've got uh, some crazy submission. You know, the Hope in 60 is good. We've got a lot going on, but, but let's talk about this theme because uh, I think you should explain the theme. Yeah. Today's theme is Kill Switch. And, you know, when we talk about a kill switch, we're just talking about, boom, a little button you hit and it's all over. Things stop. You know, it might be kind of nice if we had that in life, whether it's tied to work or tied to bad shit happening in the world or overeating. I don't know. Around the holidays, a lot of that happens. Um, But, yeah, that is our theme today. And you're going to see that theme be discussed with everything from automotive to... Canada to you're saying can we just make it stop yeah like let's can we just make it all stop whatever that thing is can Uh we just yes all right all right this will be this will be fun but there's something that's not stopping it's starting and that's your travels tell everyone a little bit and we'll we'll still be bringing you shows yeah tell it tell everyone a little bit about where you'll be going and I'm going to judge you for it Okay, great. Here is the very fast list of where I'm going to be going because I'm really, I think, in L.A. for seven days through the end of the year. And we are recording this on November 16th. I am, uh, this Saturday, I'm headed to New Jersey to see my parents, see my, see my brother for Thanksgiving. And on the following Sunday, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, I am flying to uh, Sao, Sao Paulo in Brazil for work. I'll be there for a week. Fly back. Uh, you know, you know, land back in LA the next week. And a few days later, I'm off to Miami for Art Basel. Come back from Art Basel, back in LA just again for a few days and then fly to Helsinki. From Helsinki, we go to Ivala, which is in the Arctic Circle atop Finland. And then we're, we're gonna stay in a beautiful glass igloo and try to hunt some Northern Lights. Then we fly to Vienna. And then we spend, a, I don't know, about 10 days in Vienna. Then we fly to New York where we will be doing New Year's Eve, but also going to a LA Rams uh, visiting the New York Giants. Um, so Th- thank you game. for bringing thank you for bringing that up because yes. 
um, it was getting pretty obnoxious hearing about all your travels. <laughs> and I think we were going to lose a lot of listeners because who wants to hear all of this, uh, yeah. all of this uh, first world, you know, 1% shit that you're doing. But then you said you're going to the Rams-Giants game as a Giants fan. Yeah. And you would have to pay me. I'd rather, I'd rather watch, a, watch paint dry and in a dark room than go to a Giants-Rams game. You would have to pay me good money to go to that. I mean, the Rams are very boring and the Giants are despicable. And it's going to yeah. be cold. So yeah. I, I, I mean, to watch the Giants football team play in New York, I really don't think of anything I'd less rather do. <laughs> I'd uh, I'd rather watch Schindler's List backwards. Oh wow! Okay, okay, that's actually an interesting way to do it. Um, it just get here's a it just gets everything gets worse. Well, if I may justify it, the, we don't really want you to. We no. just want to leave it at like at least you're ending this this seven weeks with like some misery, but go for it. Justify it before so, we move forward. So my partner, she's an LA Rams fan. She's a ticket holder. I'm a Giants fan. We have never gotten to see our teams play each other multiple times. One, you know, uh, the games have gotten uh, either have been in New York. And one time it was supposed to be in LA. Uh, the game got flexed to a London game. So they're never here. And it's like, and it's only once every like, I don't know, four or five years. that, the, that Didn't we go? I thought we saw the Giants. Oh, no, they played the Chargers. Chargers, yeah. Um, and then, so now they're actually playing in the Meadowlands. We're going to get to go. But also, dude, we're sitting on the 50, 16 rows up. Like, these are primo insanity seats that I got for a fraction of the price uh, because, let's say, said teams are not good. And, yes, it's going to be cold. So if, uh, if any of our listeners would would like to go with me to a peewee football team anywhere, I would go watch peewee football and be really close. I'd rather that over go to this game. So any <laughs> listeners, write me. Let's go watch any peewee football game. Hey. And we can compare notes with Rohit and see what is better. As the Giants are tanking for Caleb, it's going to be a big game. Uh, anyway, but Rohit, all joking aside, but sort of not... I look forward to hearing about your travels and we as listeners and me as your co-host look forward to hearing about all these different adventures. Yeah. And while you're talking about hearing, apologies if I talk too loud on today's pod. Uh, my tinnitus is going crazy um, after last night. Oh, night's. yeah, the concert. Yeah, I went to see the Hives last night in L.A. And I literally spent, I came home drenched like I just chopped in a swimming pool, uh, covered in sweat, just was, uh, you know, being an old guy in the pit for an hour and a half and it was the best. And that's your your massive drug addiction. Yeah. Oh my God. Is that you're just sweating it all yeah. out? Yeah. I'm just sweating the fentanyl out through my pores. Uh, well, one. Oh yeah. One thing that was going on the last week that I wanted to bring up is because I asked this guy his permission. I happened to have dinner with Mario Lopez. If you don't know who he is, he's a host. He was on Say by the Bell. That isn't really a part of this. It just. I asked him permission. AC Slater. I asked him permission if I could mention on the show these two things. And he said yes. Because he brought up two interesting points when we were talking about, um, you know, Hamas and Israel. And he was, he had just been to Israel this year 
and Palestine. He went to both. And he was very confused about why some people are reacting the way they are to this. And he said one phrase that I really liked. He said, this isn't the oppression Olympics. And I thought that was an interesting phrase in that we're not just, and we're going to get into this topic more. I just wanted to bring these two pieces up because he allowed me. The oppression Olympics, that's such a good phrase, right? Mm -hmm. That we're not trying to out-oppress one another. Whenever someone is being oppressed, we want to look at the situation with open eyes, open ears, and see what's actually going on. When people are saying, oh my gosh, people in Gaza are oppressed, they're being oppressed by their own people. And then he said this other thing that shows that. He said, if... Hamas put down their guns. Jews would put down their guns too. If Jews put down their guns, Hamas would kill every single Jew. So I really liked that as well. I can take credit for neither of these th- these concepts, but I really liked those two concepts because they're going to relate to more of what what's going on on this show and uh i really believe in them i think that the best chance that the people of gaza have to survival and not being oppressed in the future is for hamas to be eliminated and this isn't the oppression olympics like some people marching are making it in my humble opinion and see i like that and i mean the way I've, i've generally heard oppression olympics be used in the past is it's the idea that you know i as an individual am suffering oppression Therefore, you, uh, I am, you know, I am owed this sort of respect or this sort of make good or whatever it is. The next person is like, actually, I'm more oppressed. So therefore, I'm the victim. I'm yeah. the one that is, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like oppression is a currency. Oppression, it's people don't have actual skill sets. They then say, fine, well, I can't succeed by being a you know successful and good in something so i'm just going to succeed and get ahead in life by being oppressed and claiming my oppression um and so therefore if the oppression being the new currency there yeah, an, exactly. an oppression olympics has happened where everybody's fighting to be the most oppressed person and it's hilarious and that's uh well said and so that i think can lead us into topic one. Oh yeah and this is someone at aaron I actually will go out on a limb and say I am being oppressed because (laughs) with this topic. After what we just uh, uh, heard about your life coming up, I want to hear how oppressed you are, please. Yeah. So this is, I'm like in a world of hurt. I know we've talked about a lot of difficult topics, but this one is a really hard one too. So beginning in 2026. Yes. A kill switch will be a mandatory feature on vehicles, meaning this is the device that allows the government, the police, and car makers to disable your car from the comfort of their offices. Um, what? Yeah, and this was, uh, you know, kind of bipartisan. 18 GOP voted for the bill. It was... Um, so they can shut down your car. Yes, so... Well, wait, I, I think I... What's the reasoning? Because I think this is another... I think I like that if it pertains to getting bad guys who are trying to flee. So the 
Yes, right now the U.S. government says this quote-unquote safety device will only be used against criminals who run from the police and put good citizens in harm's way. Um, I feel like it always starts that way. You, you, you create a, you infringe on people's rights just to catch the bad guys. And then after a while, it's just to catch the mid guys. And then after a while, it's a safety feature that's applied to everybody. And the same, like, it's it's one of these things like Geico, State Farm, all these insurance companies, they offer these little stupid boxes. You plug into your car. It's called like safe driver discount, right? And it measures how hard you brake, how fast you accelerate, how hard you take corners. And if you take, if you do that really good and you drive like a bitch, um, then, <laughs> then you save like, like $5 on your car insurance monthly. Now, over the past couple years, people have been saving less and less the more that these boxes come installed. Now, all future vehicles, they have these boxes pre-installed. So these fucking bastards in the, uh, you know, the automakers, insurance companies, they are now going to say that's a mandate and you're going to charge more or not even be able to operate a car or even get insurance unless you have one of these evil boxes installed on your car. Um, they And I just think it's for people that drive cool like me, um, I just think it's it's not right and it slows traffic down and it driving is one of my greatest joys in life. Some people ride horses. I drive my car and I have fun. And if the government can shut off my car remotely, that is an infringement. Government's doing all this bad shit to take away driving um, and like electric cars, that garbage. Um, so I'm not going to stand for it, Aaron. And I am officially oppressed. So real quick, because we can, I think, move on from this one quickly. <laughs> I, uh, I, I actually really like this. I think overall it's going to lead to safer roads and uh, people, drivers and drivers like you <laughs> won't be able to do your bullshit. No, All right, let's move my on. My drivers like me have to do my bullshit because fucking drivers that I'm not saying is necessarily like you, but drivers that fucking that like they hog the left lane and going at the speed limit it's a passing lane drivers that are just on their phones all day those are the people those are the people that should be thrown in prison okay and people like because they're creating traffic they are they're the ones that cause danger on the roads right not people that understand how to maneuver a vehicle and i think it's 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 safety safety is an excuse for fascism and so as since we were talking about the oppression Olympics, yes. fine. You you convinced me. If there's one person who's going to win the oppression Olympics right now in the world with all that's going on, it's you, Rohit. And I'm sorry I'm for what you're quite dealing deserving. With. Thank you. So uh, now we now we can move on. Yes, I'll, I'm starting I'm a GoFundMe. Um, we yeah. will start the GoFundMe and uh, now. Oh, Crypto Watch. We actually we have not talked about cryptocurrency on this show in a while. Uh, for with for good reason. for with reason, <laughs> yeah. but I have I have a problem that I don't know what to do. Uh, Coinbase, which is the main site where you go on, I got a new phone. Okay, and for reasons I don't know, it won't let me into the account. I go in and it says you've been suspended for forty eight hours, but not. But I think it's because it's uh, just the new phone switch. It thinks it it thinks I'm uh, trying to hack into it, but I'm not, and I can't get in. And I'm very concerned. Do you um, have all your code words all written down? They're somewhere, but it hasn't even asked for that. It just shut me out. It's like you log in normally, and then instead of letting you in, it just says bye-bye. 
bro. So I'm now I am the most oppressed person in the world. That is yeah, that I actually think that's some legitimate oppression. Um again, I also technology. can't get into Twitter either. Twitter won't let me in. So oh, I've, that's been ongoing for a while. But now I can't yeah. get into any account for reasons I don't know. So even like little accounts I have where I was just just to watch it, I can't. So uh now I can I now win the oppression Olympics? You're you're up there. You're up there. Um you know, I think the uh, Coinbase just pulled a kill switch on you. Just like they Twitter did. did. Good call. All right. Oh, well, should, really should we move to? to hear that. Yeah, Thanks, let's man. Yeah. I'm. Uh, let's go to uh, MAGA Monday. Oh so, boy. So we have a lot of MAGA today. Uh, three MAGAs. Mm-hmm. The the first row hit and MAGA Monday for new listeners is where we talk about all things MAGA, not necessarily Trump or anything, just extreme stuff. Anything extreme. Um, and it's also not taking place on Monday ever, almost. Yes. Ever. And and just like MAGA, the extremism is just so unhinged. And it just makes no sense. Sometimes it's filled with hate. Sometimes it's just filled with confusion. But yeah, it's it's oftentimes painfully hilarious. It's but listen painful to this. This it's is, hilarious, but painful. This is, this is from a MAGA. So a MAGA wrote me this. Oh, because I am not a Trump supporter. They called me Hamas Aaron as a nickname. So my nickname is Hamas Aaron. You know, Trump gives nicknames. (laughs) So I was given the nickname Hamas Aaron because if I'm not a Trump supporter, then I'm basically siding with Hamas. Which to me is hilarious because I am... uh, I've been pretty outspoken. I'm very outspoken about the extreme right and the extreme left. So yeah, I mean, uh, what was the content? Like, did they give any more to the email? Um, I think it's because on the show before I was talking about how I think uh, Biden has been handling the uh, Israeli con- the conflict in Israel excellently by towing mm-hmm. the towing the towing the right uh, support of Israel while not going too extreme to totally uh alienate everybody like he's he's supporting but also not doing rash moves you know not really speaking out against iran which i think is smart i think keep whatever's going on behind the scenes behind the scenes show support for israel and do most of the other stuff uh, we we should i don't understand it. because the right has been so pro-israel so and you've been also really supportive of israel so i just i'm just having it's trouble simply it's maga it's that's why it's so maga because it has nothing to do with logic. It simply has to do with if you're on the MAGA side, you're good. If you're not, you're Hamas Aaron. That was all it was. Huh. You Didn't can't say any anything context? good. In MAGA, in MAGA land, you can't say anything good about anyone but MAGA. So I said that Biden was doing a good job with Israel. So that's un-MAGA. You can't say that. Um, Get it? Yeah. I mean, this, there's Trump is a master of nicknames. I don't think he would have given you this one. I think Trump would have given you an awesomer nickname. So our second Mega Monday topic is, uh, I lost my sheet. Uh, there it is. <laughs> um, found it. Found it. Found it. Found it. Found it. I lost my sheet. Could be a Mega topic. Yeah. Oh man. I lost my sheet. <laughs> <laughs> um. So speaking of Hamas, I'm actually getting a little out of order. Um. My favorite uh, Canadian prime minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, 
He. Uh, I already know where you're going here, but keep going. Yeah, I know. Had, I, I know this one. Yeah, I'm. Just, I'm really curious how you're going to defend him now. Um, yeah, but this is this is. I just love putting out these ridiculous Trudeau uh, quotes because I just love watching Aaron contort himself into defending him. Let's see what happens here. Uh, he went on a speech where he he says, "I urge the government of Israel to exercise maximum restraint because the world is watching." But he said nothing about Hamas soldiers exercising restraint. Nothing. So, Aaron. Wait, what? So say that say that again. His quote was, "I urge the government of Israel to exercise maximum restraint restraint because the world is watching." Essentially saying, Israel, we're watching you. You better restrain yourselves, right? And I think, yeah, whether mm-hmm. we nobody nobody wants deaths, no nobody wants extrajudicial killings, whatever it is, it's war. But very interesting that he gave a warning to Israel that the world is watching, but nothing to. He Hamas. never said anything about uh, no. Hamas. No. All right, I've, there's, I'm not going to try to defend him. That's asinine. And Great. Uh, this also shows it's a kill switch on the idea that you have to just be solely supportive of one politician or one train of thought. We're all individuals. I'm an individual and I'm allowed to like some things that are going on in Canada as a proud Canadian and also think that some things that people say, like the prime minister, are asinine and stupid. And in this case, he is stupid and I don't support this at all. Thank you. I, I respect that. And I love you for saying that. That's great. Um, the next one is a little funnier. This one, that previous one was not funny. And it's very MAGA and extreme, by the way, if you just support one person no matter what they do. That's MAGA. Yes. Um, this one is hilarious and so dumb. Um, so Texas has installed a border fence, um, you know, along one of their main sort of entry points to keep migrants okay. out. Um, and the federal government just sent over huge tractors they created these this border fence just out of like trailers right like (laughs) like 18 wheelers right but enough to like make at least be a deterrent right and the federal government came and they sent tractors to lift these trailers to let in thousands of immigrants um and it's on video um and it's like the federal government continues to remove blockades that are set to stop uh border crossing I don't know if the tractors would have done the job regardless. So um, in that regard, and I know they're building more fence and stuff now. They are doing that. They are doing a lot of more, a lot more border security. So I'm not sure in this case if the tractors were, uh, were helpful or just in the way of what work they're actually trying uh, to do. There's there's a video of a tractor lifting the, the things, but there's uh, lifting the, tra- the trailers, but there's also a video of a, this, uh, of a tractor. There's a barbed wire fence, a big, tall barbed wire fence, and this tractor is lifting the fence up completely, and hordes of people are swarming underneath. It's just letting them up. So there you go. This whoever what, whoever these magas are who were doing this tractor thing. No, no, no. This is the federal government that has taken the fed the texas border fence and said again like there this is the millionth time that the feds have stopped that if the feds have removed borders that texas has put up but so, these borders that texas put up at, in this case were a little bit silly no they, they they're doing whatever they can to protect their borders because people are going into texas 
and using Texas resources. And <laughs> literally, Texas, if New York and LA can't handle my huge swarms of micropopulations, imagine what small Texas towns can't handle. Not a huge fan of Texas. But you got you to gotta understand where they're coming from, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, sure. All right, let's go on to Hope in 60. Yeah, great. All right, Hamas, Aaron. Let's go on to Hope in 60. Why don't you, why don't you uh, take this first one? Oh, all right. I feel completely hopeless for society. And also, if you're a new listener, um, Hope in 60 is where we solve things in 60 seconds. So I've, I'm going to give Roe at 60 seconds to solve this disturbing problem. Yes, and I'm going to... Uh, you'll hear an alarm sound... Um, and that will, no, that one's a bit too, uh, <laughs> that's weird. I mean, maybe it's appropriate for the topic. Um, no, these are, oh, I'm gonna pick a classic one. That's good. There, that one, this one, right? No. I like the one before it. I like the, okay, the chimes. Great. The chimes. Great. All right. Ready? All right. Starting now. Taylor Swift fans in Argentina have camped out in tents for five months in order to be the front row at the Eras tour. Five months, Rohit. This is so disturbing. It's I'm all about if even a month, if you want to waste a month of your life to get close seats. But five months, all these people should go to a psych ward. Get a fucking job. Like, give me hope. Give me hope that these people aren't the end of society. Yeah, I mean, this is very hopeless for me too because my my literally my tinnitus just flared thinking being first row in front of Taylor because those concerts are supposed to be super loud. Also, uh, I wouldn't even camp five hours, um, but this is five months. The hope I can give you is that uh, this will be the greatest regret of their life, and <laughs> they'll they'll. Oh, I got it. They're instead of working, they're camping out for Taylor Swift. So they're just practicing being homeless because they don't have jobs and they won't. <laughs> yeah. All right. I feel some hope. My, yeah. my, my Crohn's disease got worse. So I have a, I have a, yeah. have to run to the restroom really quick, but yes, I feel a little bit of hope. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. All right. The next one. All right. Next one. Next one. We're queuing up. Um, this one is titled birds. Aaron. So the American Ornithological Society, which is a birding group, pledged this week to change the English names of all bird species in the U.S. and Canada, currently named after people, after people to move away from names deemed offensive and exclusionary. Um, and yeah, so they are just changing some bird names that have been named after uh, uh, after famous people, such as shit and i lost it but anyway they're changing bird names aaron i hate what's it. what's beautiful about owning a bird for all the people who are outraged by this which is so stupid is we have the personal right to name our own personal birds whatever we want <laughs> and <true>. then bring <laughs> them and then we can bring them out in public and call their name and nobody can say anything because that's the name of the bird yeah I love it. And as one Redditor said, um, what a bunch of fragile tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. It's it's like uh, did you see that thing I sent you where it's this drunk woman they them person who tried to use every thing the cops were saying to get out oh, of being yeah. <laughs> of being arrested she felt threatened because he was a white male even though she was white she felt threatened because of male energy whenever he'd say ma'am she'd say i'm not a ma'am then he'd correct her and then she'd get mad about his no matter what he did she was using one of these woke like talking points to try to get out of the fact that she was drunk and was going driving on the wrong side of the road and it's like it's painful it shows everything wrong about people trying to play the this card or the that card or whatever any card to try to feel seem like they're oppressed and yes there's a point there's a, a a point when i am understanding of all people's personally and then there's a point where this becomes absurd and you're ruining the whole purpose of your uh, your movement in the first place anyway it's so dumb yeah and by the way they're renaming 80 species um and some of them well are- that's 80 people who need to name their bird every single one of these names you should get 80 birds row it you should buy 80 birds name them all these names and then post on reddit or any of your forums you calling them the name so that people can spread the name right back into the universe. This is, yeah, it's so ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I will. I think we're going to take the power back. But they're saying that everyone who loves and cares about birds should be able to enjoy and study them freely. So what they're saying is that if a bird is named something after somebody that has some complicated past because, I don't know, it was 200 years ago, that those birds can't be studied by people that get offended. So therefore, they need to rename the bird. Unbelievable. All right. Um, next Open 60. Next, I'm next disgusted. Open 60. Yeah. Um, Queuing this back up. Okay. Um, this is a short one. Iran says that the U.S. will be hit hard if there's no ceasefire in Gaza. I call bullshit. <laughs> All right. There you go. Yeah. Solved. <laughs> Done. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Um <laughs> <laughs> See, so we don't always take the whole sixty. Sometimes we don't need that. Go, don't yeah. need those wind chimes. Um, all right. Next one is that um, there were some documents uh, released uh, that the UN teachers, and this is before the attacks in October in Israel, uh, that UN teachers called to murder Jews uh, revealed in a new report, so that the UN uh, uncovered forty-seven cases of incitement by the United. Uh, RWA staff, um, which is a, uh, I don't know what RWA stands for, but they're teachers and schools. Um, and they found that the materials in their digital learning platform um, were distributed to hundreds of students through various platforms and channels. Um, they've been shown inside classrooms and they consider uh, really, really hateful passages that are found in these Palestinian textbooks. Um, and yeah, but that stuff's been getting taught for a while underneath the useless United Nations education arm. I talked way too long, but you get time. I'll give you 30 seconds. I call bullshit on, I get a few more seconds. I call yes. bullshit on these lesson plans and they this these types of things need to be brought to light so that we can stop it. And I'm guessing if not for October 7th, we wouldn't even know about this. So at least we now know about it so we can stop this nonsense that gets taught in schools. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, funny thing is, they were caught in 2021, and then the UN then promised that all hate material produced by the organization, uh, that they had it removed, and that the staff was dealt with fir uh, firmly. Um, however, the report found that contradicting statements um, that the that they were using maps that acknowledges the existence of Israel, but doesn't, uh, rather, they were using maps that did not have Israel on it, but then they had to start using maps that acknowledge the existence of Israel um, that don't like glorify terrorists named Dalal Mugrabi um, and that they employed neutrality officers. Um, however, all those measures were meant to be taken, um, but those seem to have fallen off. And they, this is a $1.6 billion budget that's going to this education. Um, so, yeah. <sighs> well, let's go to our debate. Yeah. Um, okay. This... We always have debates, by the way, in this show. We each might take more extreme stances than uh, than are necessary just to make the debate juicier. So, yeah. Rohit, go ahead. And sometimes we agree on the same things. Um, but this time, we're one of us is going to have to take, I think, a scary side. Aaron, so it was found that journalists, um, uh, you know, CNN, BBC, uh, who else was it? There was a few news organizations, um, CNN, BBC, Reuters, and one other major, major news organization was actually using Hamas journalists. So these are journalists that actually belong to Hamas, that are in with Hamas. And during the October 7th attacks, these yeah. journalists were recording all the violence, all the stuff, and from Hamas side, um, they're even so they knew beforehand, and they told them to go record. They literally belong to an organization called Hamas Journalists, and uh, you know, they're freelance journalists, um, but they were paid by Reuters, CNN, BBC. Now, were they? Did they just start covering it because it happened out of nowhere? No, this they is couldn't war. Have known war, war footage is very, very valuable. Freelance. No, I know that. Yeah, yeah. I know that. But I'm saying these journalists jumped into action. It's not like they prepped for a week knowing this was happening. Well, these journalists literally are part of Hamas, so they knew what was happening. The journalists oh. are in Hamas, and there's a picture in the uh, after the expose broke. Um, Freelance journalist Hassan uh, El Saya, um, who both AP and CNN news on October 7th. There's a picture of him with the Hamas leader and mastermind of the October 7th massacre. They're hugging and the Hamas and the Hamas mastermind is kissing him on the cheek and they're very buddy buddy. Um, and can I can we, I take a different uh, approach with this? Uh, well, because I, mean, I have a question a debate. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. But well, I think I, I know where you're going and I have a weird take on this. I've heard about, it's not like this is the first time I've heard about sure. uh, this topic. Um, so we usually pick a side with this debate. In this case, I think this is one of those gray area topics where I'm glad these people were there. Okay, you're already answering. I'm just going to ask a question. You're going to take the side of the debate. Okay, the question is, should these journalists, these, these news outlets be sanctioned? for using terrorists who happen to be journalists to document footage and, and, and funding money into terrorist organizations? Yes or no? This is what I, I'll continue what I was saying. So, so I think very, you take your side, yeah, yes. It's a very gray area because I'm glad that they were there to because that's the only way we saw what was happening. Otherwise we would have had no glimpse 
in, and they bragged about it. They bragged about doing this. So we would have had no glimpse into this world in the way it was shot without them. So Israel's case of, of the terror that they did, the only way they have the footage they have of the terror happening that's so bad and shows how bad Hamas is, is because these indoctrinated, asshole, terrible uh, journalists exist. If they didn't exist, then we wouldn't have the footage to be able to prove that this wasn't some hoax or whatever it might be that people have tried to say. So I don't think that any money should be going there, but I also think we need these people because otherwise we wouldn't have the evidence that we need. Do you know what I mean? So it's a gray area. I, could see, I, don't... I, could, I see that. I see what you're saying. However, Reuters, CNN, New York Times, and BBC have literally funded Hamas now. Well, that's a bit. That's a exaggeration statement. They have given it's money to these people who belong which to gives Hamas, a, right? Which gives a little bit of money in the scheme of things. The amount of money, what if they're giving them fifty grand each? So, like, they there's still gave six, money to Hamas. Yes, but the that fi- I I think that fifty grand is worth is worth millions for the footage because if they they would have done the attack whether they got that little bit of money or not. These, these, these attacks, these, this money wasn't a difference maker in these attacks. So do you but what think... it did do is give us a different difference maker footage to at least show the terrors of Hamas. We don't have that footage otherwise. So, okay, so they kind of like took a bite of the forbidden fruit and you're saying that, that there is, the world benefited in a way because... In a huge way. I think there's way more benefit than the tiny negative of them being able to buy a few more I don't know, like a few more, like a, a, a bike or two or something. Like so, it's, so it's such sh- minimal money. Should, there was this whole question after the Holocaust, all the medical experiments the Nazis were doing on the Jews, right? There was a lot, like, you know, cutting people alive, doing all this fucked up shit, but they learned a lot about the human body. They learned a lot. However, that knowledge is considered very forbidden fruit. That knowledge is considered very taboo to use that in medical practice today. Okay, I as a Jew think what's done is done. There's nothing we can do about it. But if that's knowledge that can help modern civilization, we should use it. And that's me as a Jew saying that. I respect your consistency. I do. And I'm literally, I respect your consistency. I think I'm on the other side of that. I think if you use that, if you use it, what you're doing is you're condoning it for future I don't rather, think so. Not I don't think you're, you're, I think that I think that there's a lot of uh, Jewish doctors out there who if there's information that they could use to help modern civil modern day uh, civilians with whatever disease, we can't we can't redo the past, but we can help the future. And same with this uh, this footage. They didn't know this uh, terror attack was going to happen. Um Nobody did. It's the biggest one since the Holocaust. I don't think any money is going to be going to these reporters going forward. But at least there were people there to document it. So we have evidence going forward to prevent it. And it's not like that money was funding these terror attacks. You know, I think you make some succinct points, some salient points. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. Huh. I'm going to lightly, not wholeheartedly, but lightly say you got this. 
Wow. I'll take it. I'll yeah. take it because I was, as you're saying it, I was having different realizations than I thought I had about this very topic. I thought I was against it. And then I realized, you know what? I'm not. This is, this is an extremely pragmatic approach you're taking. Um, so yeah. Okay. Okay. That was a debate. That was a good. That was yeah, good. That was, that was really good. good yeah. I'm uh, and everyone chime in if I said something offensive. If Rowan said something offensive, okay. Chime in. We're. Yeah. I don't care if you're offended, personally. No, but we want your opinion. Yeah. We do yeah. like as we'll get to later in the sh- when we finish the show with the submissions. Yes. We we love hate mail. Hate mail is great. <laughs> uh, all right. So topic two, and then we have a few more things. Then we will get to those submissions. Topic two, Rohit, is something. That pisses me off. The separation of church and state. Mm -hmm. It is something I think is fundamental, which is a pun word to use with this topic, but fundamental in the existence of America now and in the past, now and going forward. I think it is fundamental to our very existence. Mm -hmm. I think without separation of church and state... We are not America. Yeah, exactly. Amen. <laughs> praise, praise, praise Jesus. <laughs> uh, with but without this, I really think our country is gone. Um, it's even though it's part of why some of the extreme right wingers are supporting Israel isn't because they love Jews. It's because they need uh, they need Jews so that the Messiah can come back in uh, in Israel. So I'm well aware of that too. Yeah. The, uh, but the separation of church and state is fundamental in our very country existing. And uh, do you know about this new speaker of the house? I sure do. Mike Johnson, which kind of sounds like my Johnson, which is funny. Uh, so my, my, jo- my, my Johnson, Mike Johnson is said some stuff that is terrifying to me. More terrifying than anything that almost any other politician is saying right now. Because this guy is one of the... He is next in line if the president and vice president die. He's the next guy to be president of the United States. And he is a terrifying human. I actually, uh, So here's what he said. Uh, he said that... Uh, The separation of church and state is a misnomer. People misunderstand it. Of course, it comes from a phrase that was in a letter that Thomas Jefferson wrote. It's not in the Constitution. Uh, What he was explaining is they did not want the government to encroach upon the church. Not that they didn't want principles of faith to encroach on our public life. It's the exact opposite. And then he told Fox News last month, Go pick up your Bible off your shelf and read it. That's my worldview, as he frequently invokes his Christian faith as the bedrock for his politics. Jesus Christ. And here's um, the thing, man. People of And faith- he said his religious faith is a big part of what it means to be American. Yeah. And I think that's a great part of our country. Anybody of any religion can celebrate here. There is no national religion. There we are not a religious state. We are a secular country. And or non-secular, whichever the one is the one that's not tied. Non-secular. To non-secular. <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, it's like prohibit versus permit. When I was a kid, I'd never remember the difference of between the two. Um, so the, <laughs> I think there is people that, of faith are come from all creeds, all races, all this and that. And 
there, religion often has a positive impact on communities and the individual. However, Absolutely. religion is opt-in and there are morals. I don't think morals are religious. I think religion has morals and because not every religion agrees upon morals. But there, I think about their perceived morals, but I think there are human morals. And the morals that we are assigned do not come from religion. They come from the Constitution. They come from the 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 right of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness of everybody, of every citizen. The ability for people to make their own way. The ability for people to have these rights to vote, rights to speak. These you know rights to have property. You know all these things. These are we are given rights, and we are given and as members of community, we have common human decency and common morals none of which should be dictated by religion. Religion has probably informed the forming. It did inform the forming, but over time as a non-secular country. So I agree with evolved. you, but what? But where's the hope? Because this guy oh, is terrifying. The hope, I, it is kind of scary. And I think the one thing in his quote that uh, I saw in one of the articles that you linked in our thing, um, he said that faith is a big, Faith, our deep religious heritage and tradition is a big part of what it means to be American. It's not the whole part. Yeah, I guess it's a big part for many. But he argued for that the morality must be kept among Americans so that we have accountability. But um, he's saying his faith is the faith that should be part of America. Yeah, I, he didn't say And he's running Congress. Christianity. He's running the House. No, he did. He said his faith. And he is an evangelical Christian. He thinks that the world... Uh, he thinks that the world. Oh yeah, and he did say was, the Bible is very clear that God is the one that raises up those in authority. Each of you, all of us. So, and yeah. but he's of a he's of a he thinks that the that the earth is only six thousand years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I fortunately um, he's not going to be uh, I think around too long in his office. It feels he feels like an interim head coach kind of. Okay, you know? so you think you think he's out soon? Because this guy yeah. sucks. Yeah, it's. He, I don't think he's gonna have a very long stand his career. Because this is an example. This guy supports Israel, which I like. Yeah, I but mean, for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Because he still thinks that he is superior to the Jewish faith. He's not saying that Jews should also Judaism should also be part of the country and all the other religions. He's saying his religion should be the fundamental. Um, reason for this country. Yeah, yeah. He didn't seem to include Islam, Hinduism, Jainism, Buddhism. No, Buddha, none yeah, of that. None of these. But I'm sure he, you know, it's talking about being inclusive for all. But yes, you know where his favorite one is. What do you think he should push? But yeah. And also, yeah, with conservatives, there's like a 99.99% just like forever, even before this war, just conservatives are such a boner for Israel. It's like, guys, um, it's funny. But, but enough, not, so but does not India. because of Jews. It's not a lot of it is not Jewish related. No, right. Yeah, it's, it's political related because they need we need a uh, democracy in the Middle East to have mm -hmm. any sanity in this world. Um, and two, because the Messiah is going to come back. Mm -hmm. So, and, yeah. And um, which is and great if you think that. But it's like, oh, kind yeah. of the wrong. And it's funny. Also seeing like the like I've been seeing so many of these like 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 India has been standing Israel so hard. But that's a lot of that is because many Indians are Hindus just hate Muslims. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, so and that's also, by the way, a lot of the extreme rights reason also for supporting yeah. Israel is 
well, we don't like Jews. But we <laughs> really, really don't, don't like Muslims. Yeah, I don't know. I've never, I mean, I grew up in pretty conservative areas. I've never really seen anti-Semitism. Um, I have, and I grew up in a liberal place. Yeah, I've had it to me. I've talked yeah, about it. Like on this I went show. to Catholic school for you know twelve years of my life. I never, I never really because it's heard. all Catholic, so everyone's anti-Semitic yeah. and they don't talk about it. No, nobody's like hating on Jews. At least in the places I grew up in, I grew up in some racist places. They they hated on me um, because I was brown. Um, but I think yeah, the conservative circles. I think that because Jews are religious and they bring religion forward. I think many conservatives are religious and they also appreciate the religious forwardism, but they don't like the brown religions. No, not those mm. ones. They like the white ones. Um, and I think that's and, they, like, and, by, and think like is a strong word. They, yeah. you know, so yeah. Anyway, extreme of everything yeah. is bad. We've yeah. talked about that. I don't feel any hope right now, but let's move on to hope. No. Hopeless TV. Yeah. What do we got? In uh, where I do TV? have hope. So, I have a recommendation for you and all of our listeners. The only hopelessness is not enough people have seen this, I think. It is a documentary, but it's done in such a clever first person. It's like a movie I'd make. It is about Albert Brooks, the comedian. Most people sadly just know him as the uh, voice of Nemo in Finding Nemo. But he is one of the most forward-thinking, out there, outrageous, incredible groundbreaking comedians of all time. He's made some great movies in the past. And uh, I just want everyone to watch this movie. I think no matter if you know about Albert Brooks, whose real name is Albert Einstein, by the way, and he changed it. His parents had the audacity to name him Albert Einstein. And he changed it because he got um, he got uh, famous pretty young, You'll as you'll learn about in the... Uh, in this movie, he got kind of discovered when he was like 16, but I mean, uh, he should have just but, done like the thing, like Albert B Einstein, you know, like <laughs> Michael B Jordan. Like I think stuck to the same true, thing. but I think Albert Brooks worked out pretty well for him considering he's had yeah. like a 50 year, 60 year career, but everyone watched this movie. It's called defending my life. And it all centers around a conversation between him and his high school and college buddy and roommate, Rob Reiner, also a, a famous guy. And uh, you just got to watch this. Sit for an hour and a half. Watch this movie. Please. People need to see it. It's so funny. It's so good. It's so interesting. It it shows the creative process. It's it's just... Mm. It oh, was, wow. His brother was Bob Einstein. Yeah, his brother is uh, was from, uh, from, from, from Curb and Curb, was Super yeah. Dave. Oh, wow. Did, he, did his character die in Curb also? Did they, like, I don't know. Because he died in 2019. Yeah, uh, right before Einstein. COVID. Man. Uh, I peed next to him once. I've never met Albert Brooks, but I peed next to uh, Bob Einstein at a movie theater, at a, a movie the event. And, uh, well, <laughs> I didn't glance, sadly. But uh, he, uh, the voice, that voice was so distinct. Larry. Yeah. And when when I heard it peeing, I just kept laughing. <laughs> and he looked at me like, you know, and I'm like, dude, you're funny. It's yeah. just funny. And I just, it was just like that voice. I wish for... he just went. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, let's keep moving. Let's keep moving. Yeah. But everyone watch that. It'll give me hope. So we have a quick guess the BTS slash stand of all where we are the biggest fans of the band BTS. And we are huge fans of Sandoval, even though nobody is and we don't really know anything about 
him. Yeah, the, the Sandoval guy, not Pablo Sandoval, that uh, former the baseball, baseball player, player, but that Sandoval guy from um, uh, Vanderpump Rules. Vanderpump Rules, yes. So I have great news for us as huge Sandovals, as we call ourselves. Yes, yes we are Sandovals. Uh, Ariana Maddox, who is apparently Sandoval's ex-wife or ex-girlfriend, um, she said she wouldn't be surprised if fans turn on her when Vanderpump Rules Season 11 airs after explosive fight with her ex, Tom Sandoval, in a trailer. Vindication. Vindication that Sandoval is a great man. <laughs> Rohit, we have been vindicated. Free at last. Free at last. <laughs> God Almighty! And so I just I think that is great news, and for all the Standovals out there who are yeah. huge fan of the, fans of this wonderful man, we're in this together. We're in this together. Yeah. Rohit just said his favorite phrase. We are in this together. <laughs> yes, finally we have seen redemption, or will Re see redemption. Um, I'm actually really excited to see whatever the hell this is. Um, okay. It's something, and now we have. From 4chan with love. Talk about a kill switch. This segment is that. Uh, uh, where Rohit reads from... For, from Will you explain? Yeah, this is where we read from the Toilet Bowl of the Internet uh, post from 4chan. Uh, we do not author these. We just read them. Because Aaron and I, we're, we're journalists, comedic journalists. It's important that we bring you uh, what's happening in the world according to 4chan. I've got two for you this week. Because I could decide. <laughs> Yeah, this first one is called It's Over. So the TLDR um, says a research accident in Guangzhou, China, may have released a cancer causing virus into the wild. What's happening in Guangzhou, China? Three researchers in the second Sun Yat-sen Memorial Hospital caught cancer, all of them rare subtypes of cancer, all of them caused by the knockdown knockout of the gene <laughs> SMARCS1 slash INI1. Jesus. These are fast-developing cancer cells that kill you in three to five months, and there is no cure. These researchers are working or have worked in the breast cancer research of that hospital, which has a previous paper studying the mechanisms of a virus, EBV, on cancer. The mechanism has been suspected to go through the cancer-suppressing gene INI1, so the related what? cancer mouse models often use crippled viral vectors that knock out INI1. Rumor points to six more researchers in the same lab having rare types of cancer this year. When the news broke out, the hospital was tore down the lab. Yes, they hired construction workers to tear down all the lab rooms and remove the electronic records of the patients in a clear attempt to destroy evidence. What? That's yeah. true? Yes. So why? But, yeah. Why do people suck? Yeah. So there might be a new cancer strain out there that is completely uncurable and spreads rapidly. Um, so that's the first four channel above. Well, that's hopeful. Yeah, that one's pretty dark. So I figure end with a lighter one. Please. Um, this is called Anon has trouble finding a job. <laughs> um, I'm a 36 year old with a PhD in philosophy. I am $450,000 in debt and currently working two minimum wage jobs in order to stay alive. I work alongside 18 year olds. And whenever they ask about my background, I just tell them I've been in prison for a long time, which is less embarrassing than admitting the truth. I'm probably the most well-informed Husserl scholar on the North American continent, perhaps in the world. My 1500 page biography of his life has been rejected several dozen times. No college will take me on since they don't think Husserl is irrelevant 
is relevant and that other applicants are therefore pushed to the head of the line. I have had six Husserl related papers published in different journals and philosophical quarterlies, but I've earned no money or recognition for having done so. <laughs> I just moved to Abbeville, Louisiana, since there is a job opening at the university in Lafayette and decided to go all out in order to get it. But I just found out that my application rejected. And now I'm stuck working at a Wendy's three shifts a week and a Barnes and Nobles the rest of the time. I have no wife, no children. And at this point in my with no friends, I'm willing to talk to due to the shameful nature of my existence. The unanonymous comments never heard of them another guy oh comments. my god <laughs> another comments whatever you do don't consider filing for bankruptcy instead sell your body to strangers on the street corner for 15 dollars a hole what <laughs> um glad i'm not him yeah but man i feel for him no no he full knew full well Becoming a not only a philosophy major, this dumbass became a philosophy doctorate. <laughs> and not only that, he it studied one philosopher and just stand the shit out of this one philosopher. Like there are like no philosophy jobs in general, but this guy doubled down on stupid. And I bet you this is the same guy hoping that the federal government, meaning the taxpayers, will pay for his uh, loans. It, it reminds me of uh, a friend of mine in at, at NYU. There's a school there, Gallatin, where you pick your own major. Yeah, that, I got into Gallatin, and that's what I was supposed to. Then I was going to build it towards that. Yeah, but yeah, to get to not Gallatin because yeah. Gallatin's interesting, but yeah, it's, uh, it's weird. It's <laughs> weird, and I I never got it. I didn't. I had friends at Gallatin, but I never under I never felt. Like, I understood why they were in college. But <laughs> <laughs> and this is coming from a Tish acting and directing uh, student. And I didn't understand why they were in college. <laughs> so yeah. my friend majored in video games, not making video games, not the technology behind it not the creativity of make, of doing anything with it. He majored and he wrote a paper on the history of video games. That was what he studied at Gallatin. And I think he still has a better chance of a career than this philosophy major. <laughs> I mean, because the gaming industry is bigger than the movie industry. Even and... if you all you do is know more about it, which is yeah. all he did, is he learned to know more about the gaming industry. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, oh man, yo... The philosopher dropped his newest fucking thought piece. Oh, shit, everybody. Let's go out together. Let's fucking read philosophy. Nobody's doing that shit, man. At least people playing video games. But yeah, this guy is definitely not going to do as well as... You should, you should look at your video game guy and see what he's doing these days. He's uh, He's been a student many more times since. Oh, Jesus Christ. Lots of I was a communications things. major. Well, that's until, also... that's also. Then uh, I switched to business uh, halfway through because I was like, I'm dumb, but not that dumb. Because the communications major was going to get you nowhere. My cousin uh, was a uh, philosophy major at Yale. And then uh, he went back to school and got a film degree at Columbia because the philosophy major got him nowhere. Gotcha. probably so saying too oh, much he, about him, but he's like, very, he became very successful as a good, cinematographer. Good, yeah. Because before uh, you said the switch, I was like, oh, which Cracker Barrel is he working at? Yeah, no, no. He's uh, <laughs> had a very successful film, independent film company in New York and is a... Uh, a talent and uh, did has done very well. Amazing. So uh, 
Anyway, we have submissions to end our show. The submissions. First, we, we'll, have a, we'll have a negative submission, and then we will lead that into positive submissions about our awesome episode last week with Emily, Rabbi Emily Stern. And the feedback has been magnificent so far, and I urge anyone listening now, listen to that episode next, if you haven't listened to it already, and share it with your friends, because I really think uh, what Emily brought to the table was, uh, was beautiful. So uh, with that, I have a, a, uh, me, a negative, negative submission from Luke, who we have brought up on this show before, and he just continues to double down on himself. Uh, Which I kind of respect. He just doesn't care. So, he said, conservatives aren't afraid of right and wrong. You can't define far right. MAGA is common sense. Constitutional conservatives believe in religious freedom, so making white supremacy claims is dumb. On this show, I have said that the far right, some of the people on the very far right, are, have sided with white supremacists or are white supremacists. I'm just interjecting with that part. Then he said, not all Democrats are anti-Semites, but all anti-Semites are Democrats. Cry yourself asleep with why videos about that reality. I don't think that's true, Luke. No, uh, it's just not true. Like, like some far left people are seem to be Jew haters. That's true. But... Also, some a lot of right-wing, crazy right-wing people hate Jews. Anyway, what do you think, Rowan? How do you want to answer Luke? Well, Luke's submission. I, I will give Luke this: is like I am someone that I'm. I'm, I'm not going to call myself a constitutionalist conservative, but I do think the Constitution must be abided to, all the amendments, the whole Constitution, and anybody that infringes upon it, um, is infringing upon what it means to be American. And so I don't think that necessarily means MAGA, to be honest. I'm sure there's people that are in that camp that are firmly in the constitutionalist camp, but that doesn't mean everyone that is a constitutionalist or someone that really believes the Constitution is the Bible, is as biblical as we can get and should get. Um, I don't think they are necessarily conservative. I think there's, you know, I, I, I'll give you that, that it's, 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 I have an immense, immense support. And I think a lot of times maybe that may, that puts me sometimes, uh, I can be classified, I'm sure, uh, amongst con conservative circles. I'm not a conservative, but the love of the Constitution puts me there. doesn't mean I'm MAGA. It doesn't mean I'm conservative, but it means the Constitution must be upheld and withheld. So if anything, Luke, I don't think everything you said is accurate, to be honest, but at least you're consistent. <laughs> and, you know, and I respect that. Don't ever change. Um, I don't think and, he will. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Yeah, people just know your way. Um, and go Constitution. All right. And then we have uh, a couple really nice things about the Emily, uh, Rabbi Emily Stern interview that I, or it was more of a conversation than an interview because she threw it back at me too. So uh, here's one person wrote, um, you did a great job on that podcast. Hopefully a civilized discussion with both sides can happen so people can be heard and a compromise that works for both groups is reached and everyone can be safe. Well done. Another one said, listen to the Emily Stern pod. Great stuff. A ton to cover. So let's keep covering it. And another person said, 
I liked her poem at the end too. I found it emotional. So, uh, oh, here's one more. Let me read one last one. We got a lot, so I, um, I'll maybe read more next week. Uh, we wrote, the only real solution is open conversation and cooperation to recognize our mutual humanness. It's harder to hate and kill someone you recognize as a fellow human, but it is very challenging because we're so indoctrinated and siloed in our own communities. Um, then uh, I really liked what Rabbi Stern brought to the table, and it's very interesting, the idea of getting deep into opposing viewpoints as well. So mm-hmm. uh, that's a, a hopeful, we used to like to end the show with Hopeful Filled. I think that's a hopeful way to end it with uh, some wonderful yeah. submissions about uh, how uh, much they people uh, got from that conversation and uh, we will continue and hopefully have her on again. And thank you, Rabbi Emily. And maybe next time I'll be invited. But yeah, we'll I see. Kid, I kid, I we'll kid, see. Yeah. We'll see about that. No, next time Rohit will be a part of the conversation too. And uh, until next time, uh, if you uh, are still listening, like and subscribe, tell your friends about this show. We only get as far with this show as our listeners let us. So, uh, yeah. oh, and I forgot a whole thing. Oh, next week I'll bring, there's a, a mini um, a mini sponsor that we have that I will uh, bring next week. So let's uh, remember that for next week. Is it Ford Motor Company? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, so uh, with that, uh, you can follow us at The Hopeless Show. Um, or hopeless show on uh, on all socials. I'm the Aaron Wolf. He's Vohit, the number four Rohit. And any last words? Uh, no. All right. And with that, uh, thank you. For, thank you for listening. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. When the world seems cold and bleak and you just can't take it anymore, here it comes, that glimmer of hope. A light shines through the dark It's a hopeless show